As we continue on the path to AEW's Grand Slam next week, we discuss how important that show will be for them moving forward. Another streaming merger that could have major ramifications for both WWE and AEW. And we give both Tony Khan and Triple H some advice to win their wrestling war. You're listening to the Bingo Hall Boys. My name's Jake. Joining me is my co-host, Mitch. Mitch, how are you doing, buddy? Man, it has been a whirlwind of a week, uh, like professionally, work-wise. It's been, it's been interesting, man. Yeah. Our, uh, thankfully, we only have one name of me on here, so please don't dox me, listeners. But uh, our, our executive director is currently on leave, and it's not clear if or when he's going to return. Uh, we're a nonprofit, so that that's a thing. Um, yeah. Yep. So my boss, who manages all of our stuff, is the acting executive director until that leave ends. I am the acting what my boss's old job was until that leave ends. However, we also just found out that my boss is leaving at the end of October. So I am currently acting in his role, and the posting's going to come soon, and it'll probably be hired internal. So. I may be moving up in the world there, but either way, we might be out like the number one and number two people in the nonprofit in the span of two months. So I was going to say, week, man, it sounds like you're week. about to be a one man show. It seems like it. A one man show in financial peril because our audit is <laughs> not going well. <laughs> yeah, dude, I, I have uh, I had three employees this week out with COVID. Oh. And so we were uh, running the place with like a skeleton crew. And my dude, I am burnt. <laughs> uh, thankfully, um, my wife and I and my siblings were going to go see my favorite band play tomorrow, which will be it'll be really good. Uh, have you ever listened to the National? Big favorite of mine. It's uh, anyway doesn't really fit with wrestling, so <laughs> wouldn't make sense to feature him here. Um, you watch anything good this week? Ah, uh, so I checked out the. Uh... I guess it's first pro wrestling is the promotion's name, but they did the uh, Saturday the Night America Nitro, one. the Mall of America show. Yeah. First show in there and whatever since Nitro did it 27 years ago. I know. And now I. That might be a fun rewatch to go back and that, watch that one. Honestly, I, I think I might go back and rewatch that one after having watched this. Um, the crowd was hot. It was, it was a good crowd for that show. Um, I assume the paid guests were the ones that were like ringside in the seats. And then the mall wanderers on the balconies were just people in the mall who either didn't no, want to yeah, pay just... or just happened to be walking by. But yeah, it was, it was a hot crowd. Uh, Orange Cassidy worked there. He worked a match with Effie. Uh, the main event yeah, was saw that. supposed to be Dante Martin against Rob Van Dam. And then uh, Arya Davari and Sonny Kiss came out and turned it into a tag match. Um, kind of a weird closing angle to have them be the big surprise, but it probably did lead to a better match than an RVD singles match in 2022. I was going to ask how, how did RVD look? I mean, like the last time, well, really like lately I've only seen him over in Noah mm -hmm. getting blown up on the way to the ring. Uh, So I was curious to see. Yeah. I've seen a couple singles matches from a year or two ago when he did that, 
awkward stint and impact. I don't even know what his gimmick was supposed to be there, but um, I think it was just a swinger, really. Like he was Polly Van. Oh Damme. yeah, the the thing with his yeah. yeah. But the matches there, like his singles matches and Impact, were really bad. Um, this tag match was okay though, because he could tag out, rest, catch his breath. But he's he's still trying to do all the high spots from 1995 ECW, and you know, yeah. maybe we got to evolve that. So the match turned out way better because they brought those two in. Just a weird pairing to bring in. Maybe it'll lead into an angle on Rampage or something. I don't know. But the it's show still- was kind of cool it's still baffling to me. Like add him to the laundry list of people who it's just like Vince McMahon had this dude at his peak for five years mm-hmm. and did nothing with him. It's insane. It's utterly insane. Rob Van Dam was like one of their yeah. biggest acts. And you cannot blame it all on him and Sabu getting caught with weed in the car. Like, uh, that, no, that was two, like, that's a two month penalty boss. But I mean, also that years. happened. That happened like way after. Yeah that push should have happened because what the ecw revive was 2009 2010 something like something that like that yeah like the early aughts so that's like 10 years after you should have pushed them they were <laughs> finally like i guess we should do something oh you had weed nope you're done bro actually i think sabu had something way worse than that but anyway he might have but... uh <laughs> yeah so um so just as an update, next week is going to look a little bit weird. I'm heading out of town for a film fest. So we're either going to be recording very late or not at <laughs> all. Um, so I don't know what the review for Grand Slam is going to look like, but we are moving there. Um, any thoughts on this last week's Dynamite before we get to uh, previewing Grand Slam? Because so, it was it was an interesting show. Like I um I I think I liked it. It had the main event was amazing. Um, better, better than the pay-per-view match by far. Yeah, it's my match of the week. Um well that's yeah, it. that's I, the show. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> so uh, until next time. Um I thought the show was like it was very average. Um it reminded me of the way that Tony Khan normally does go home shows where it's like nothing really happens. We kind of move some stuff forward and get a bigger idea. But I mean, it, it popped a huge number. So what do I know? It did. It popped the best number they've done in a long time. Um, it definitely felt average, but in a way it was like a fantastic version of average where like, that's the average show I've been waiting for. Yeah. I got to see some people I don't always see, got to see some of the stars, got to see some good wrestling, some angles move forward. Nothing was outside of the main event was going to, I mean, the tag match was really good too, but. Um, the I mean, I really liked, the tag match was really good, but the entire match was made by the Canadian destroyer that Pentagon did in defiance of gravity and God's will. He hit a Canadian destroyer mm-hmm. on Keith Lee. Uh, so that that kind of kicked <laughs> the match up like a whole star for me. Uh, but yeah, it, it was really good. You got to get the got to get that tag match in while you can, because I think the split for them is happening sooner rather than later. Or perhaps in, in Arthur Ashe. But uh, the thing I really like is technically this one did have six matches but wardlow's match mm-hmm. was basically part of his promo because it was a 30 second squash like right that that's a wardlow promo it's a squash match 
that the five match dynamites and the three match rampages just work much better on pacing. Every match gets like another minute and a half. They get the entrances. They don't have to rush between segments. It's trying to squeeze too many matches in, I think has been, been a bad call many times and the last two weeks have been, been a good correction for that. I don't know. Um, I think there was, I, I could have used a little bit more as far as speeding things up. I, I think there were, there were parts of the show that just kind of died. Like jungle boy, Jay lethal was good. Um, I don't know the match time, but it felt like it went on twice as long as it should have. Um, I feel that like we could have booked the wrong match. Right. Well, we could have fit something else in there. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, obviously jungle boys pretty much like he's, he's going to be on a trajectory where he's trying to get his mojo back, but with Christian injured, we don't know what that timeline is. And so we kind of just burned Jay lethal. And I don't really know where you move forward with JB, but um, I don't know. It just felt weird. It felt like, I guess we need to get these guys on TV. It makes sense. It felt like a rampage match, to be honest. It was a rampage match. Um, And it really kind of killed the momentum, which speaking of rampages tonight. And Mm -hmm. I'm, I, I have no desire to watch it live. It's Tony Khan said he was going to put, be putting a lot more effort into rampage. And I haven't really seen that yet. So I'm hoping Arthur Ashe kind of kicks that, you know, into shape, but what else did you think about dynamite before we move on? Um, I, I popped for the name of Stokely's little misfit group. I, I love it. The firm. <laughs> I, I, I like it for that. I like That's... it. People hated that promo though. I know. I don't know why. I mean, covered everything it needed to cover. I, I do think it went on a little bit long, yeah. but I'm just like, it does legitimately upset me that um, people complain about. We don't know who these people are. He literally why would we care? They are and why you should and, care about them. That was the Stokely. Promo. Stokely goes out there for the first time he's been in AEW, yeah. and just got to talk, and people kind of realized like, oh, this guy is an amazing talker. And I'm like, you guys have no idea. Like, he he might be the best mm-hmm. promo in the company, and I don't think people are really ready for that. And like you said, he walks down the line and says mm-hmm. what each guy's clear intentions are. Besides, uh, test what. What is his his uh, AEW name? W Morrissey. Are we we're we're still hanging on to the W? I don't know. Can can we legally call him Morrissey, or is like the the musician just like does he have that locked down? I guess we'll find out. That would be int- how great would it be if Tony Khan bought <laughs> some Morrissey to play for his entrance? Oh man. Best possible timeline. Uh, but yeah, no, like he walks down the line and just says like clearly like what each guy's doing and what they're like, what's next for yeah. them. And honestly, I think all of them are going to accomplish their goals mm-hmm. very soon. It, it reminded me a lot of Jericho's first promo for the inner circle where it was literally here's who everybody is. You haven't seen half these guys. Here's what they're doing. Yeah, but I think I think whenever that inner circle promo happened, people were a lot more excited because they were like, "Oh, whoa!" I mean, this is literally mm-hmm. like the island of misfit toys, yeah. and they're gonna have a long way to go to prove themselves. But it's like, whenever you walk down the line, and it's like um, Daniel Garcia is gonna be challenged by Lee Moriarty. I'm like, uh, yeah, that that actually sounds 
pretty spectacular. And then we're going to uh, rerun the Ask Boys and the Acclaimed again. Well, yeah. So obviously, obviously <laughs> the Acclaimed are going to be winning. Yeah. I don't think the wrong. Hmm, would it? Okay. I'm going to pitch this to you and we'll do it here. Would it be the wrong move to have the acclaimed win and have a very brief initial run and lose to the gun children, <laughs> children gun? And my gut feeling is that whenever um, we're re- we're so sick of uh, those little ass boys, that's when the Hardys come back and finally get their tag team run in AEW. And then we can move back into the acclaimed and give them a proper run. I think, um, I think the that's, best thing that's just the vibe that I get. I think the best thing you can do for the acclaimed is give them a short run. The crowd is hot for them to pick up the titles, but I think it's a case where if they were to go on a long run right now, the novelty is going to wear off in a hurry and sink yes. them much like yes. it's Funk Jurassic Express. So, yeah, I, I have to agree. I think the, the ass boys seem like the right play given the history, but honestly, regardless of who it is, I think that the correct answer is a fairly short run for the acclaimed. And like I've been saying the whole time, I kind of like the acclaimed as a trios act with Billy Gunn. Mm-hmm. Um, no offense to death triangle, but it's like, I feel like the trios titles would be a ton of fun with those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, that's I, I would be excited for that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think, you know, we're kind of putting the cart before the horse here, but I definitely think, you know, uh, so what are they called? The, the children gun. Um, they're not the ass boys. The they just, they're still keeping gun club. I think so. Yeah. Okay. So gun club as champions on paper. I hate it. I really hate it. Cause I'm like, these guys aren't that good. They should not be the tag team champions. And then after saying that, I'm like, that's why they yeah. should be the tag team champions because you want to see them get their butts kicked. Destroyed. And like I've said, like from mm-hmm. the beginning, people, I was kind of an apologist for them mm-hmm. because people were like, <laughs> oh, I hate these guys. I'm like, yes, that's the point. You're not supposed to like them. Yeah. Yes. They're not that good. You're not supposed to like them. And so, yeah, I kind of worked myself into a shoot there, mm-hmm. uh, but I was like, yeah, I think them as the tag team champions would be really good. And then Ethan page going after the all Atlantic. Um, I think he should be the one to dethrone pack. And I, man, I think he would be really good with a mic because we really haven't he seen is. him get too many opportunities. The couple we have have been like through Twitter and they've, they're pretty fucking good. And if you want to talk about someone and I've kind of had my fill with Ethan page, like I got to see him in the Indies a lot up mm-hmm. in the AAW. Mm-hmm. Um, I know his weaknesses very well, but I will say this is someone that you don't want to let go because he will go to WWE and be a star. Yeah. Like he will be a big deal. And, uh, unfortunately you know that's that's the way tony khan kind of has to start thinking about things you got to start taking care of people and keep people happy and give them something to do um because i mean shit we're scorpio sky we haven't seen that dude in a minute how hurt i i I think actually relatively serious from the sounds of things that's a bummer. He was like he was already banged up before he dropped the title the last time. I I, I knew that he wasn't yeah, feeling the it, best. I, I, but I got I had no the idea impression it was, was going to be like a six to eight month gap for him before he showed back up. 
Well, that was just off the top of my head. Yeah, no, um, it, not but, like he's going to jump and become no, a big star, but no, like but, he's yeah. attached to Ethan. It, it, yeah. My thought process makes some sense. I promise. Um, yeah. I thought dynamite was fine. Um, it popped a huge number though. That 0.39 um, considering where, you know, things are now. I'm just going to throw this on you now. Um, why do you think that AEW's numbers have been dipping? I think this is, it's a really tough question to, to answer. I think there's an argument that when a lot of the guys like Punk and Danielson and Claudio and all these guys came over, it's cool, it's exciting, but you lost a lot of the original were the anti like were the other guy kind of feel and it you know, you had to hire those guys, but it's also tough to shake the perception of you know, these are just the guys from WWE now. We're back to TNA land, and even anybody who watched it realized it wasn't necessarily the case. But I think there is an argument that that turns some some people off. I think it has a lot to do, and I might be an apologist for this. I think it has a lot to do with the eighteen to forty nine viewers. Cause we've noticed this, like the trend for them is if anything's going on in the world or mm-hmm. like they have more hobbies than just AEW. Yeah. So for example, WWE viewers, that is like all they watch that like first thing Monday night, they get home and watch. Yeah. Raw. They watch SmackDown. Habitual. Like, um, I don't think that AEW fans have that same habit with dynamite. And I don't know how you make them have that. I think it's just the time and age that we're in. Um, I think it's an un- unfair thing to expect. I've got to imagine that their DVR plus numbers are amazing. Like their replay numbers have to be phenomenal. Like I watch via fight because I don't have like live TV or anything. And um, I know I'm not the only person in America who's watching from the Netherlands week in, week out, you know, like, um, but anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm very curious now that football started and killed Raw's momentum, basically, um, which we expected. I don't think it really took a genius to kind of predict that. Happening. It happens every year. People think the sky is falling every year and it will yeah. continue to happen every year. It's not a big deal. So the reason and I, I put. I put a lot of emphasis on Grand Slam coming up because I mm-hmm. think the show needs to pop a huge number, but it is going up against the season premiere of the newest season of Survivor. Is so that still kind of, popular? It, I guess Aren't so. They on dude. Like 150 now? I don't know. They run two seasons. <laughs> this many. They run two seasons a year, and apparently it pops a huge number. I don't know. I haven't. I'm not going to be like a hipster, but it's like I watched. I think the first two or three seasons. And then I was like, yeah, yeah, I get it. I, I watched the first three. Yeah. Fun fact. Um, someone who used to work in my stepdad's kitchen was engaged to the girl that was the co or the, she was the runner up in the first season of survivor. And I was like, yeah. Oh my God, my world is so small. Anyway, I have much more interesting claims to fame. Mm-hmm. Um, but with Raw getting killed by football, um, 
I don't know how realistic it is for next week's Dynamite to beat Raw um, because there's a lot of things going on. So like Dynamite's going up against Survivor Mm -hmm. and Raw is going up against two different NFL games. And so if Raw dipped down to point, what was it? Point four, four. I'm pulling it up right now to confirm. (laughs) But I mean, like being. Uh, Yeah, the lab were joked to point four, four. Being behind by point zero five is a very narrow margin. Mm -hmm. And I, if the numbers stay similar and grand slam, like we're going to see Mm -hmm. two title changes. I, I could see it happening, but I think that survivor, man, I don't know. I think, I think it could keep them. Is Survivor a big 18 to 49 show? I don't know. Like, I think premieres and finales, premieres and finales. I'm looking at this chart 2.85 for the NFL game. Jeez, we're not even in the same stratosphere, dude. The NFL numbers were insane. That's insane. Um, Like, looking at like uh, what was the Sunday night football in Buffalo, like those numbers were bonkers, or no, it was Buffalo, I think Buffalo in Los Angeles. I, I don't know. I'm not a big football man, so I, I hate football. That's um, why this boggles my mind more and more. Well, it's yeah, Americans. Uh, we're we're getting closer and closer to idiocracy. It's not it's not yeah. a yeah. not a surprise. So the cards so far for Grand Slam, we have AEW World Championship: John Moxley versus Brian Danielson. At, let Let's start there. Who's winning the title? Because I think there is a wrong move here. And I might look like a real idiot. Think Danielson's winning? I think Danielson should be the winner. Think? I feel like Moxley's getting screwed, but I think Danielson should win. <laughs> I mean, just the optics of Moxley having so many short runs. That's, that's what I mean, right? Like, like, he got screwed because Punk decided to to be a man-child. But, but then what do we do if Mox... What I, do we do with Mox if he beats MJF mm-hmm. at full gear? What, like, where does he move on from there? Basically, everyone left in the company is going to be a rematch of some sorts. Yeah. No, I think Danielson wins and... Maybe Mox actually does get to take a little bit of his vacation. Yeah. Or you could have MJF attack to write him off. And then like, I, I don't know. I really do think that you could headline a pay-per-view with Danielson Mox or sorry, Danielson MJF. Fuck it. Run it, but do it live. You could, Um, I mean, you could headline a pay-per-view with any three of those, like any combination of those. I think that this has the potential to be a match of the year contender. It will be absolutely phenomenal. Both guys are going to like, I don't know. See, that's the thing. I think Mox at this point. uh, Big picture question. We're in September. Mm -hmm. We're going to be talking more and more about it every month. For the annual bingo hall boy awards yet to be named. Is it more important to be wrestler of the year or the MVP of wrestling? Because I think the argument can be made that Mox is not the wrestler of the year, but he is the MVP of wrestling. He 
yeah, I don't see anybody taking that title from him. And like, what what carries more weight? Will Osprey having an insane, actually pretty average Will Osprey year? If I'm so like, you know, honest. wrestler of the year candidate, for yeah, because that's just Will Osprey's baseline. Oh my god! <laughs> um, but is it is it more impressive for? Will Ospreay to be wrestler of the year? Is it more impressive for Mox to be the MVP of the entire world of wrestling? Because I, mean, I, I lean towards Mox, Mox being a big, he's a big deal. And I feel like that, that should be more appreciated than Will Ospreay's in-ring talent. It's tough. Cause like we're almost comparing two different things. It's right. I guess it's no different. Like what are, what is it, like the art Ross, I think is the NHL trophy for like the MVP mm-hmm. to their team. Like who's the most valuable of the team, which, and then sure. there's, you know, the, the art trophy that's the points one. I don't freaking remember. All I remember is the Richards, the goals one. But yeah, it's all uh, good. Whatever it is, like, you're not comparing the same qualities. So it's weird to, like, it's hard to compare. But I feel like this year, at least, the MVP is more significant because of how much Moxley is meant to this company right now. Mm-hmm. Like, they, they were up shit creek without a paddle. <laughs> oh, what what is it that uh, Meltzer calls it? It's the uh, Flair Fez. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean that that's basically mocks to a T. Yeah. Um. So we both have Danielson winning. Yep. I think we're both going to be eating a shit sandwich live next week uh, <laughs> because I I I don't know that MJF promo was all about mocks. It and was I'm just like I. I don't know what you do unless you do Mox MJF at the pay-per-view, not for the title, and have Danielson defend yeah. against someone else. Um, I don't know. You can really do whatever. Just g- give me Danielson Claudio. Just give me something fun. Um, next up, we've got the World Tag Team title. Swerve in Our Glory is going to lose to the mm-hmm. Acclaimed. And if they don't, I think that this might be one of Tony Khan's like worst booking choices ever. That's I mean, when we get into jumping the shark with not giving yeah, the titles to the acclaimed. It's, it's a foregone conclusion though, that the acclaimed is winning. Because I think I was the odd man out <laughs> during and after all out for saying that, no, I think like Swerve in our glory probably should have won that match because you're supposed to start really hating Swerve. And even though he's being a dick to everybody, no one's booing the guy. <laughs> So it's like, okay, maybe we actually have him like win when you guys don't want him to, and we don't let Max Caster rap. And that's all it takes for people to be like, kill him. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think it's the acclaims time, and that pop in New York is going to be amazing. One for the rap, and two for like just the bell ringing victory. Like, that's gonna be special. That's gonna be special. Next up, we've got women's four-way Tony Storm defending against Dee, Bethina, and Britt Baker. So we did. I hate this build. Do the tag match and then do the four-way. Yeah, I. Why? Or are we just like is everybody hurt and this is just the four we have to run with? the The only reason it would make sense is if. So okay, let me let me look at this. No, that doesn't even make sense. So unless like there were multiple interference spots to further storylines, because we might get Hater and Brit, that I would mean, make sense. Yeah, Hater will definitely 
make an appearance and we know but Deeb and Athena are basically sure. off the board. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't really make sense for them to get a title shot. Like Athena weird. was just embarrassed. Um, yeah, I don't know. Unless Tony Storm's hurt and they just need to put the title on someone else, like this match is really silly and you're just cramming a bunch of women into a match. And mul- dude, multi-person matches that involve mm-hmm. Athena and Britt Baker, like I, I don't know. I don't know if I fully trust them for that spot. We'll see. We'll see. Britt did fine at the pay-per-view, but Every multi-person match I've seen from Athena, and like, was that trip the triangle match in uh, Warrior that was so mm, bad? Her Rosa and was it Billy Starks? Was that the third? I think it was Sky. It was Sky Blue. Blue. Yeah, it was Sky. Yeah, it's Chicago. Definitely. Look Chicago. at me. Yeah, that's right. I'm the women's wrestling guy on this <laughs> podcast. Fuck you. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I hate this match. Uh, moving on, a match that I'm. So looking forward to this might be like my most anticipated match on the show. Pack defense is all Atlantic <laughs> championship against orange Cassidy. The like sucker punching orange Cassidy. I was like, yo, okay. Um, okay. All right. Uh, I, apparently he's going to try. So uh, I'm really interested. Oh, in this. After pack beat camp and was going back and cut the interview. Orange walks out and pack just, no <laughs> fucking lost it it was so good I so died. good uh, uh so yeah so tried before he was really mad with jericho <laughs> punched him back. right into that mimosa mix oh man remember when we did a mimosa match during the pandemic that I, good I times to, but... good times um, next up, we've got uh, the only match that's announced so far for the Rampage version of the Arthur Ashe show is Just two hours, not one hour. Really? Yeah, they did it last year too, and Tony confirmed they're doing a two-hour Rampage for for Arthur Ashe this year as well. Okay, I didn't know if that was in like I didn't know if he was kind of feeling himself, and after NXT announced going to two hours, that he was like, "Nope, Rampage is two hours now. <laughs> Have fun staying up that late to watch." To watch just dark matches basically um so the only match that we have announced so far is hook <laughs> it's and action bronson <laughs> against cool hand angelo parker and daddy magic matt menard more stuff's going to get announced on rampage yeah. tonight but dude i'm this match i'm so interested for oh like whenever action bronson showed up i was like yeah oh okay that's a Wait. cool little cameo yeah. and then when i realized they yeah. were building to a match i was like oh no Oh no, this could be so bad. And then they show the training video and he's like whipping ass, throwing the chains around. I was like, oh, okay. Like, you think of two better people to sell their asses off for that than Angelo and Matt? Like those are the perfect opponent. You gotta like you have to play to the opponents on that match. Those guys are perfect for that job. So this is building to Hook versus Jericho at full gear, right? Absolutely. Am I fantasy booking or is it like No, that's definitely where it's going. I mean if it didn't hit Hook versus Jericho, we would have to hit Hook versus Garcia. But I think it's Hook versus Jericho because it's going to be more. I, I want Garcia. I want Hook I, Hook versus Sammy at the pay per view is kind of better. That'd be a cool match too, but I think because that's a person that Hook can beat. Because yeah. the optics of FTW champion Hook versus yeah. Chris Jericho might be a little a little yeah. weird. Now we can we can keep mm-hmm. building to that. There's no but reason to. 
I think Sammy's going to be gone for a bit before getting repackaged. Like, I think he's going to be one of those, like, two months off TV, come back as a new human kind of thing. I don't know, dude, but I was kind of mad that his match with Mox went as long as it did to open the show. I was really hoping for a shorter match. That's what I'm saying. Like, this last this last Dynamite, it's like I would have shortened some of the matches and tried to fit more in. Like, it's one of the few times where it's like there, there's got to be a happy balance between, like, this is a really decently paced show. We're kind of letting things breathe. And then that like frantic, like let's move on to the and next thing. Let's keep those going. Those are the ones that get exhausting where it's like, Oh my God, Excalibur just had an aneurysm. And right. Yeah. He's, he's go. going full blown yeah. like Southern auctioneer. And he's like, Hey, next week on my bridge, we've got a lot. Yeah. I think there's a happy medium there somewhere. And I'm, I'm hoping that Tony Khan finds it sometime soon. So before we move on, do you think that there's going to be any major surprises at Arthur Ashe, or do you think that the title changes are going to be big enough? I mean, I'm sure we're going to close with some type of MJF angle. It's It has to, like, the main one has to end with some type of MJF angle at some point. I don't know if it's him trying to actually challenge there or just setting it up or whatever it's going to be, but the... Uh, the newly engaged MJF needs to make an appearance at, at Arthur Ashe for sure. I mean, you're in New York, but uh, yeah, big news. MJF's getting married. Good for him. Mazel tov. He's getting hitched. His, uh, his fiance, hell of an artist. I checked out some of her stuff. It She does a lot of wrestling paintings and they look damn cool. Okay, for someone who says that you're not like active online, you are very active online. I'm not active online, but I'm an active lurker. I'm a lurker. Okay. <laughs> That's even weirder. <laughs> Just to clarify, you're like, no, I don't do Twitter, but uh, I'll spy on people. I mean, far. I found her stuff on Instagram, but. That's fair. Uh, good artist. Did you see the, the post that his mom made? Oh, of course. She's keeping, she's keeping his fiance in the divorce. 100%. I, I actually the, uh, I looked out a few further. Oh my god, his mom's hilarious. It's all the time. Yeah, no, my she's, idiot she's son's good. gonna forget fucking Mother's Day. Beat us like or they'll kick my idiot son's ass. Like I love it. Yeah, no, it's it's supreme. Um all right, let's move on. Um I don't know how big of a deal this is, but I really wanted to touch on it mm. because this broke um while I was having lunch at work today. I had like kind of half a day. Like I said, it's been madness. I normally don't even work Fridays, but I'm just like trying to power in some lunch while uh, keeping the place afloat. And I see that there is a potential merger between NBC Universal and HBO Discovery potentially on the horizon. Um, so let me just go through this really quick. A lot of industry observers are speculating that Comcast will make the move to acquire Warner Discovery to combine with NBC Universal. So this would bring up some major antitrust issues, but merging their assets onto the HBO app would be an awesome way for them to get away from. I have you navigated Peacock before, or as I like to call it's it, America the cock. Only. It sucks. It's not even a thing here. It sucks. It's so bad. So anyway, um, so it would make sense for them to try to get off of that and try to move everything over to a very successful and streamlined app. Anyway. So the other side that makes a ton of sense too is that since acquiring Warner Brothers, uh, Discovery Warner Brothers is offloading as much debt as possible, which makes them very attractive to buyers. We touched about this, we touched on this before when we we're talking about like Batgirl 
things like that, where they're literally just like writing things off. It's, it's really terrible and it sucks for the people that worked on it, but it's very obvious what they're doing. They're literally trying to make themselves like have an impressive portfolio and just show insane profit year over year. So that's what you do. You offload that much debt. It makes them more attractive. So moving on. The date to have in mind with all of this is April 2024. So MJF was right. The Ooh. war of 2024 is going to be a big deal. At that point, Comcast will have the right, so they don't have to, but they can, sell their 33% ownership of Hulu to Disney, who owns the other giant chunk of Hulu, for at least $27.5 billion. I accidentally wrote that down earlier as $275 billion, <laughs> a little bit of a difference. But they've also made recent comments that Comcast is interested in buying Hulu outright. So whenever, so April, 2024, here's what's going to happen. Comcast is either going to sell their ownership of Hulu to Disney and Hulu will be strictly Disney or the bidding war opens up and Comcast will be one of the major people bidding to acquire Hulu. So either way, Comcast is looking to make the power move. So, Mitch, what does this mean for WWE AEW? What would be really fascinating here is it, it almost turns them into more traditional TV shows in the sense that they're competing on, on the same network, which is something the majority well, of the tv industry has to deal with and they different different network same umbrella yeah it's, it's gonna be fascinating since i mean AEW theoretically wouldn't get quite the significant raise they want but i think the amount that they chip off the wwe side would be way more significant and hurting to their bottom line. Like the ones that stand to lose the most out of this is WWE. So what this means is there's going to be other dominoes to fall. So like it would be insane speculation for us to just be like, here's what's going to happen like almost two years from now. But this is a really important thing to remember whenever we keep talking about things mm -hmm. like contract renewals Who's going to be going where? Um, we know that Showtime has had feelers out before. We know. I I still think Fox on the table for AEW mm -hmm. makes all the sense in the world, um, especially given, you know, you could do Rampage on FS1. Things things like that, where you can move additional programming around. Um, I don't know, man we're going to see how much sway Tony Khan has in meetings and if he's going to want to stay there or not. It seems like he will, but with the hierarchy so uncertain, we know for a fact, like AEW will get paid. Mm -hmm. It would be like, it would be total. Uh, what would it be called? Entertainment malpractice. If Warner discovery, just let AEW go. Because, like, they're pulling in such a huge number week in, week out for as little as they cost comparatively to, like, just regular TV mm -hmm. shows. Man, I this is going to be very interesting because you're right. There is a very distinct possibility. It's not big, 
It's not necessarily small either. It's just a possibility that AEW and WWE could be under the same umbrella. So keep your eye out. Um, I see here that the observer talks about it tonight. So the, this is, this is big news. This is big news. Um, I don't know. I, this is for dorks like us. We're going to nerd out on this for a long time. We're going to be feasting on this. I, I'm so. going to listen to that observer show later. <laughs> um, okay. Let's get to it. We'll end our show with um, some advice. We'll, we're going to do a little advice column. Um, we were talking lately about trying to do new things with the show. And so we're not just strictly match review, show review, you know, what we think. So mixing in stuff like listener questions, I want to do a game again. That stuff was really fun. Recommending matches was a ton of fun. Um, but this week we're going to be giving some advice. So we are going to be giving advice to Paul Levesque to beat AEW in the wrestling war. And we're going to be giving advice to Tony Khan to kill WWE. Um, I'm going to let you go first. Uh, which one do you want to do? Uh, let's start with, with Papa Heitch. Okay. I think the key here is you don't want to flex that you're the bigger deal in the bigger company. You just want to, you want to ride that. You don't even want to acknowledge that you have competition in AEW. Even by acknowledging them in the way he has in the past, like this little pissant company and all those sorts of things. They beat our development. Yeah, that just reminds people that they exist. You want to pretend that they are so irrelevant, they're not even worth your time of day to mention. Yep. That's part number one. Part number two is snipe the elite. That that's a big thing. You snipe the elite away. You've you've made a statement. And then there's a million programming things you can do to make it just a better show in general. But so many of their viewers are so habitual that it mm -hmm. honestly it barely matters what they actually do in those pajillion hours of television. Like they just watch no matter what. It's so consistent. So that those are those are the two things I'm thinking. Snipe the elite and just don't even acknowledge that you're in competition. It's it's so insignificant. It's like impact you you don't have a care in the world that it even exists. So we're gonna to touch on a couple of the same things. My thing is don't try to go toe to toe with Tony Khan. Drop the pithy comments. Don't try to book shows against his. Don't try to steal his talent. He needs to stay in his lane and make the WWE the best possible product he can. He struck oil with the OG NXT for a time. Like we all know how that ended. And he, so he knows how to build a promotion. So clean up that production by using less, <laughs> less harsh lighting. You ditch the weird. What is that? Like the 3d entrance oh, graphics. Yeah. So weird. Some of them are kind of cool, but the majority of them, like, again, I've only like helicoptered in and see like clips and stuff. And I'm like, this is insane. Um, it's for children. Like I, I don't anyway. So you, you ditch those. And whenever you cut the camera shots by every three seconds on average, let's, let's try six. And then, and whenever that feels like it's stretching you, let's try nine. 
after that and kevin dunn's kind of like oh this isn't such a big deal this is actually kind of good do 12 <laughs> like come on the the camera cuts are in, absolutely insane um whenever i ducked my head in and watched that walter uh sheamus match mm-hmm. i was literally counting out loud one two camera cut one camera cut what dude it's it's bonkers mm-hmm. so anyway that it's such an easy fix and my my final piece of advice focus your booking on the eight person per division philosophy Heyman is a great resource for this use him and you can also build up your own talent from scratch like you have you literally already have a performance center just use it like how many how many people are quote unquote success stories of the performance center like the the for horsewomen like that's it you're not allowed to claim all the indie people who like did awesome so the performance center has been a failure given how much money you've dumped into it actually utilize it um yeah i don't know i i feel like i could go an entire show (laughs) just being like listen this is what you need to do so that that's it for me dude if he if he goes after the elite and Tony Khan is like upset with it, I if I'm Triple H, I do not want to bring out the rage in Tony Khan. You do not want to make enemies with this dude. It's already out there. I'm not gonna fucking stand for this shit. I have very unique ways of fighting. <laughs> but I mean, like, I was so just whatever with the elite to WWE like feelers like that young bucks feelers story. I'm like, that is nothing. It literally nothing. Not even news. And I'm very disappointed in the people who are like, Oh man, can you? And I'm like, um, yeah. I mean, me thinking about that for like five seconds bums me out and makes me super depressed, but like, no, like there's no reason to focus on that. There, what the earliest they, can negotiate is 2025 is whenever they're out of their contracts so it's whatever it's whatever but anyway we need to move on and give some advice to tony khan all right i'm if i'm trying to actually kill wwe and get there i gotta find some way to get this big you need your big moment. You need your Austin moment. You need your rock moment. You need it. The people who watch it are realizing that wrestling's cool again. The lapsed fans that he was targeting mm-hmm. have started watching because wrestling is cool again. You got to find the thing that actually makes it cool again. We're getting there. And I think he's got the tools with guys like Darby doing the Nitro Circus stuff and all those sorts of cross promotion things. You got to keep getting some of those really marketable guys with unique looks that just grab you off the screen out there and get you to tune in once. Because as much as in the long run, it's your Brian Danielsons that are going to win people over for the long time, seeing just how incredible they are. It's your Darby Allens doing that freak show stuff to get them through the door in the first place. And I don't think the way is like, oh, look, the Hardy boys are back. There are some other big names you could go for. Yeah snipe some guys that are still active and not I mean the Hardys are broken. They're broken Matt is not a gimmick. They're they're broken. They need to they need to go into the sunset. But uh 
Well, they're still going to get a tag team championship. Oh, they absolutely are. That is their sunset. That's where we are. Tag team title run. That's their sunset sunset story. But you just they started to lose. Like they tried getting Shaq in, things like that. Like you just you got to find that way to really hit the mainstream because you have not caught all the lapsed fans yet. They are still out there. There are still more of them. I don't think you're trying to catch casual viewers because those are a waste of money, but there are lapsed fans that will turn hardcore in a hurry that see it and instinctively think it's the same old song and dance they've seen for years. And it's, it's, it's doable and gotta, gotta get a little dirty. I'm going to piggyback off of that. Yeah. I'm going to piggyback off of that. You can bring back that feeling of like, Oh my God, wrestling's back with one main event in a stadium show next year in Chicago, you run soldier field headlined by Kenny Omega versus CM Punk. I don't care what it takes. I don't amount of money in that match. is. I don't care. I don't care. I'll do it. Do it. You have to do it. You literally whatever you need to do to make that happen. Um, so basically, like, if WWE is trying to grab your talent, you don't go for WWE's ankles. You go for the head of the table, if you will. Does he still say that? I, yeah, yeah, that's I'm the big the dog at the table. That's the shirt, right? Does he have a shirt that says, I'm daddy dog and I eat at table? I am table. Anyway, I don't know how much Rock the Dwayne Johnson would cost to have on a small per appearance deal. If you can take their WrestleMania headline away from them, I I mean... John Cena already working for Warner Brothers. They're like, hey, uh, listen. Here's a Brinks truck. Double their offer that they give to Sasha Banks and Naomi. Just like, I don't care what it is, how much they offer, we'll double it. Now, I wouldn't build AEW around the the Dwayne and John Cena. Like, that would be like, that's the WCW stuff Mm -hmm. that you want to avoid. But having them like do like a match or two per year at a pay per view, you're you cannot tell me that like Rock versus Kenny Omega wouldn't like people would not freak the fuck out for see your nose exploded <laughs> out of sheer anticipation. That's like that's like video game stuff or John Cena. And the acclaimed versus MJF and his buddies. Like, I'm just saying, like, I, you can do some really awesome stuff and you have the money. Um, now, as far as Sasha and Naomi, build the women's division around them for all I care. Like, I, you're still working from the ground up with that entire division and we're four years in. So it's time to try something new as far as I'm concerned. Um, if you want to go really out, th- like far out there, want to kill current wwe for messing with you left and right buy them 
WWE's current net, wor- net worth is around $5 billion. I think Tony Khan's net worth is estimated around seven. I'm not sure how much of that's his dad's money. All of that gets a little weird. I, I know his dad's worth like $11 billion, And I don't think he's just going to cut yeah. his, <laughs> his like how much money he's worth in half to give his son his wrestling promotion. But I'm like, we're giving advice. So I'm like, Tony, listen. You are a billionaire. You only get to live this life once. <laughs> Did you not see what Vince McMahon has done in the last like 40, 50 years to the wrestling industry? You can do the opposite of that. You can be the king of wrestling. You can not only restore this, but you can be like the czar of wrestling and you own all of it. You basically own wrestling history. You own wrestling why well, have all those billions of dollars unless you can just like make a <laughs> huge move like that and just be like listen you cannot mention professional wrestling ever again without mentioning tony khan now you would have to put together a very large buying group and that would have to be like an insane thing but a mat like how impossible is it that tony khan talks to comcast and says listen if you want to buy stuff like partner with me and just we'll buy so the new majority shareholder does say con on the contract <laughs> but it's tony con there's no shade he's not here <laughs> so like that's kind of a pipe dream like that's that's like that's that's very long shot but honestly like i I don't know, man. These, I would not be shocked if in his lifetime, Tony Khan ends up owning WWE. Like, literally. Literally owning. It might take 10, 20 years, but there's a version of this where it does happen. You know what I think Loki might actually be huge for the development of, of AEW? This is going to seem a little strange, but if if that video game can get mainstream appeal as just a ridiculously fun to play game, suddenly you want to see who the characters in the game really are. There's that's it's possible. The amount of people I knew that started watching wrestling because of no mercy in WrestleMania 2000, like Mm -hmm. they exist. It's not a joke. Those people exist. It was a fun video game. And it was like, Oh, there's actually a TV show about this shit. Let's check it out. There's, there's there is kind of a counter argument to that though in that it you have to literally catch well look at me being a dumbass you have to figuratively catch lightning in a bottle with your game exploding and going viral oh you absolutely there's so do. many things out there now vying for people's attention that like a game that came out two or three years ago will finally get its attention. Everyone's like, oh my God, why haven't we been playing this? The problem I foresee with this game specifically is that 2K is putting out a WWE game every single year. And they have been for like, what, the last 20 years, like in perpetuity. Um, So the brand recognition is kind of there. um, And like it or not, just like WWE, they've kind of diminished the idea of someone just picking up a wrestling game on a lark, like they're just like, Oh, the, it's, it's a two K like what I'm going to get microtransaction to death. 
and I'm not going to get to have the experience I want. So I think you're right. I think that can play into that. I mean, obviously I think Tony Khan thinks the same way. Otherwise he wouldn't have spent an insane amount of money on this. Like this is uncharted territory as far as wrestling promoter, just being like, sure, fuck it, try it. We'll throw it against the wall and see if it works. And if it doesn't, it's just a huge write-off. <laughs> like it's an insanely yeah. large write-off. Um, but yeah, dude, I don't know. I'm like I said, my biggest advice would just be like their biggest names. Mm-hmm. Like f- forget like Goldberg, Brock. People bring up Bray Wyatt, like that's gonna make a difference. Like who come on, really? There there are only two names, and it's the Rock and Cena, because they're the only two that actually cross over to mainstream. The only two. Yeah, yeah. Those are their stars. Yeah. Those are the stars. People don't even realize Batista used to be a wrestler anymore. Like Batista would be another one if you can it grab would be him. Good though. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, could you imagine them trying to do a tag team? Who would you Who would you pair Batista with? Wardlow. Ooh. <laughs> it, it was a real but, easy answer. Yeah, but like, actually, I'd probably put him head to head. That's what I'm saying. Like. It would either be in a that in that instance that would be a tag team to set them up against each other down the road. Yeah. I think Batista and like a trio would be really fun, but I can't think off the top of my head like who would be really fun for that. Screw it, put him with some luchadors. <laughs> Pack gets hurt, put him with the Lucha Brothers. Um, but yeah, I I really think that they're or Andrade. <laughs> <laughs> Press ten Vance isn't cutting it anymore. We need new muscle. also grab jim johnson just grab him consultation yeah just just the fact that tony khan or triple h hasn't just been like you know we're not going to make you the guy but like yeah you you can be part of the team is insane to me absolutely insane there's got to be more of that like has to be right yeah i don't know uh what's your match of the week buddy uh it's hard not to go with the obvious. I mean, I can't. It's I can't think of anything I watched that was better than the Danielson Jericho too. Oh, I thought you were going to say Effie Orange Cassidy. No, uh, I yeah. thought about it, but <laughs> Warhorse really rocked that Battle Royal too. I don't know. Yeah, dude. I um, we didn't really talk too much about it. Actually, I don't think we touched on it at all. Um, that Danielson Jericho match was phenomenal. Like we both have it better than the All Out match, but like I. There's so many specific things in this match that were really good. One, Jericho's pants weren't falling down the whole time. That helped out a lot. Um, the intensity in this match mm-hmm. felt so much more dialed up. And that shot of Danielson staring at the vacant title and Jericho's just elbowing him in the head. And like Danielson basically starts like hulking up. Yeah. And is just like, nope, not going to hurt me. Nope. And just the look of exasperation on Jericho's face, like, dude, please stay down. I, I can't do anymore. Like, what is it going to take? Um, Just really simple storytelling. And um, like I said, every time we talk about a Danielson match, I'm just, I will just be constantly scared that he's going to get hurt. So is it a risk to put the title on him? Not if he's losing it full gear to MJF. That's all I got to say. He's, he, Danielson would be such a good transitional champion. Oh, 
Yeah. Don't don't do that to Mox. Not again. You can't do it to Mox again. That means he would be a transitional champ three times in a row. That's brutal. Because what? He won and then lost. No. It'd be the second time. Yes, it would be the second time. Uh, it's getting late. Not really. It's only 7.30. Oh, my God. <laughs> what a week. What a week. Anyway, um, make a bold prediction for Grand Slam. Sasha shows up. Who does? Sasha. There's my bold prediction. Sasha versus Danielson. Book it. Yep. That's that's the match. I figured she'd jump in with Orange Cassidy, but you know. Could they do that in the women's four-way? I mean, they could, definitely. It's just like a total clusterfuck. And like the match doesn't even happen. So it's basically like, like the bell rings and then everyone... Yeah just like scatters and starts brawling and the ref's like, I, we just got to stop this match. Like I, I can't get this under control. And everyone comes out and everyone's hate. The locker room comes out and all that stuff. And then Sasha and Naomi come out. That's just saying. One. I like that one a lot. Um, My bold prediction <laughs> my bold prediction that has zero chance of happening is that we see the elite come out at Arthur Ashe. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason I don't think that's going to happen is because apparently it's expected that this internal investigation takes several months. It's so, going to be a while. Yeah. Uh, it would be cool though. It would be cool. I'll tell you my bold prediction after the match. The entire crowd starts chanting CM Punk for some fucking reason because they're marks or whatever. Boom, boom. Cold Cabana. Cabana. Boom. <laughs> you knew exactly where I was going to go. Of course I do. Yeah, that's even less likely to happen. Anyway. Colt, uh, Colt did actually issue his first, I don't even want to call them public statements, his offhanded remarks about it. One of which was there was a time where I was supposed to have a, uh, an action figure. I still want one, but it kind of went to shit. And you know, my brother's a director on Family Guy. You can look it up. He shares a bank account with my mother too. And those are those are Colt's public remarks about this whole thing. <laughs> yep, yep. I uh, what a, what a mensch. This dude's the best. <laughs> I wish nothing but like health and fortune for Colt Cabana. Like I, Scott Colton is my dude. We're a big fan. We sign off. We are uh, Team Colt. And if you hear the Cole Cabana chant starting up in Canada, it's most likely Mitch. It is 100% me. I I, I have to pick my moment, but it's happening. It no, it's not going to be with CM Punk out there, I'll tell you no, that. No, it will not. <laughs> I, I'm going to have to find like a Dark Order dark match to test it with. and then Dark Order might not even exist by then, bud. Like, maybe if Hangman pops out on the show, I don't know. Dire. Hangman might not even be around. He's like teasing retirement. Dude, Things are bonkers right now. <laughs> We're like a, two bad things happening from just being like, oh, this sucks. <laughs> On that note, that's the show. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, until next time, I'm Jake. Mitch. This is the Bingo Hall Boys podcast.